Hey guys, welcome to She Knows Arsenal. My name is Jessica and I'm your host and you can follow me on Twitter at It's Shasino. Let me just check everything, make sure things look right. Um, yep, they do. Welcome. We're back um, with another show. Earlier today, we talked about the match against Crystal Palace. We did a little preview, so if you haven't seen that, go ahead and watch that after this video. But on this video, we're going to be talking about some of the most recent transfer rumors uh, that have come up in the last couple of days, what my thoughts on them are, and then we'll go over my keep or sell results. Um, if you didn't watch the show yesterday, me and George, Harry, and Kelly did a show um, going through the Arsenal players and doing a kind of like a keep or sell, and uh, they did their results, and then I'm going to go ahead and give mine today. And I'm also going to go into some of the players that I'd like to bring into the club and just kind of like finish up that entire exercise because a lot of people are asking me who I'd want as a right back, who I'd want in center midfield. So we'll do all that great stuff today. I just want to let you guys know also that you guys are awesome. I appreciate all of your support and uh, you liking and sharing my videos. It's been amazing. So thank you so much for that. And um, my goal for today's stream for likes will be 40 likes. So let's try to do that before the end of the show. And uh, yeah, let's just go ahead and get started. So the first rumor that I want to talk to you guys about is um, Sander Burge. So I think there's a lot of um, division in the fan base, whether or not this would be a good signing or not. Um, the link has been there for a, for a while with Sander Berg. Um, and I think it's because our assistant coach had coached him before. And he's also really good friends with Odegaard. So, and they're both Norwegian. Uh, right now, Sanderberg plays for Sheffield, who is relegated and has been relegated for a while. And um, I'm, I'm not surprised that maybe he wants to go ahead and make a move um, away from, from Sheffield. He's a good player in my mind. I think he's, he's, he's a good player. 23 years old. Uh, about 6'4", six, 6'5", six, a very physical um, type of player. He's relatively quick for his size, which is which is nice. And um, I think if you think about him in, in comparison to some of our midfielders in Ceballos, Elneny, these types, I think he would add a different dimension and give us something a little bit different in that midfield area. So I'm actually just going to pull up his... Um, this thing up here before we kind of there he is all right so Sander Burge um 23 years old right-footed contract expires in uh June on June 30th 2024 uh let's see I think they bought him Sheffield bought him from Gank for 25 million so that's that's a big fee for a team like Sheffield so I wouldn't imagine them giving him up for for too little. His current market value is is about twenty million, and um, yeah. So, look for me, this is is an option that we could bring in if as an option. I don't think you bring him in and you sit him next to Thomas Party and and all as well. I think we need something a little bit more of a we need a little bit more of a sure thing. And um, you guys know I've been a big advocate of of Yves Basuma. I would only really feel like this deal would make sense for for Arsenal if we brought in Basuma and brought this guy in as well. So there's a rumor going around that we've made a seventy two million dollar bid for Sandberg, and um, I don't really know if that's true or not. But if if that's the figure that we were looking to to get him for, I think that that's that would be a steal if we could get that over the line. But again, because Sheffield purchased him for 25 million, even though he sat out for a, a large amount, a large amount of time during the season, I don't think that they would accept that offer. And for 25 million, like when we start getting into the, the mid the mid twenties and, and late twenties, 29 million, 30 million, things like that. I think now we're getting in the, in the territory of let's bring in somebody different because it's no longer worth it to me to bring in a player that is kind of like, he's not a sure thing, if that makes sense. So for me with this one, I'm looking at it like 
if we were to bring in Basuma and bring in this guy for a late teens, early 20s, probably a good idea. But when we start getting into those late 20s, early 30s, let's go ahead and look for somebody else. There's other teams sniffing around, which makes sense to me. Liverpool and Tottenham are, are interested in him too. And there's also the aspect of him wanting to understand Odegaard's future before he makes a decision on coming to Arsenal. For me, I think that's absolute crap. I don't think any player should really be making decisions on big decisions on their career based on if their best friend is going to be there. Um, for Sandra Burge, I think because he's on a relegation side, to me, it just, you want to get off of that team, you know, and Arsenal is, is a, is, is a good club is a big club. And I wouldn't, I couldn't understand like, so if Martin Odegaard didn't come, then you would not consider Arsenal at all. That doesn't make sense to me. So if that was like the, you know, the, the only way that we could get him, I would say just leave him where he, where he's at. But um, you guys could let me know in the chat box, what you think about this guy. I think, look as an option. Yes. As the only midfielder that we bring in the summer. No, not for me. All right. So, Let's also talk about Basuma. I know we've done a lot of talking about Basuma, uh, but I just feel like I feel like this this deal is going to get done. Um, for me, I think this is just the right move for Arsenal because, of course, there's risk with every single with every single transfer. But with me, like at this point in Arsenal's evolution, like we need to make sure that we know what we're buying. And with Basuma, you know what you're buying. He's a box-to-box -box type player that played in the Premier League, Premier League proven. He's 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 good. You know, um, he's played 34, he's appeared in 34 games and he's in the starting 11, 92% of the time, which means he's reliable. He's somebody that they can count on to play relative almost all of the games. You know, 91% of the minutes, the guy plays every single game and that's kind of what you need, right? You need somebody that you know is going to be able to stand there next to his partner and you can count on those two being together all the time. He can play box to box as well as a true six. And I think that's something that we need. Of course, we've already kind of talked about the fact that when Thomas party is not, is not in the lineup, we lose so much of our athleticism. And for me in the Premier league, that's important. I think running power and the ability to cover a lot of grass um, is important. So for me, having a midfield pivot of Thomas Party and Basuma and another rotational two or maybe one or two rotational options in there in those in that pivot position would be ideal for Arsenal. They bought him from Lille, who has amazing recruitment for about 18, 18 million. His current market value is 18 million, but we know we're going to have to spend a lot more than that. And I think, you know, right here it's saying that Brighton set the $40 million asking price for, for Basuma. And I think that's about what it's going to take to get him. If, if like somebody like Ndidi was playing better, if there was more of these types of players at this level on the market, I would say, yes, like we could probably get him for less. But when you look at players in that position across the different leagues, you have somebody like um, Zakaria, you have, and then you have Ndidi as well, people that you would probably compare him to. Neither of them have had amazing seasons. I think Basuma is the hot commodity right now, and that's why we would have to pay a premium. But that being said, Premier League proven, reliable in terms of the amount of games that he'll play, relatively, you know, a good injury record, meaning he doesn't get injured very often. 24 years old, that good age. We don't actually need more players in that 19 to 21 year old range. We need people that are a little bit older than that. And um, by the time he's in his prime, hopefully we'd be in a position where um, we're a better team. So for me, this is this makes a lot of sense. I, I really think it makes a lot of sense, and I'm really hoping we get this over the over the line. So. You guys let me know. Uh, there's also rumors going around that he's already signed personal terms with Arsenal, which isn't, it would be an indicator of his want to be at the club, but not necessarily an indication of the deal getting done because you can pretty much sign personal terms with anybody without any consequences. But if that were true, that would be amazing. So you guys let me know in the chat box what you think about that. And um, yeah, hold on. 
And the next rumor that I kind of wanted to talk about is Jack Grealish. Now, I don't know where this rumor is coming from. It doesn't really seem like there's a lot of, um, there's not a lot of legs to it. It just seems like that's somebody that we want as fans. So we're trying to create links. Um, there are like rumors going around that we're serious about him, but that 80, $80 million price tag slash 80, 80, 85 slash whatever, 80 million is too much. I just don't think we're in a position to get that done. That being said, I think that's the type of player that would fit in well with us. That's the type of player that would put it, take us to the next level, but we haven't even built our foundation yet. So to bring in somebody like that, I think would be a little bit like we're, we're, that's like two or three steps in our, like further along in our evolution. That's not what we can do now. Um, but I know a lot of people want Grealish. I just don't see it happening. Not because I don't think he would come to Arsenal, but I just think we're a little bit far away from that. So um, those are the most current rumors. You guys also know that uh, Willian has been rumored to leave, but we're not really sure if that's going to happen or not. David Luiz is going to leave the club. I think that's good. I really, really do. So um, yeah, let me read some of these comments out. Let's see. Let me go back up to the top. MTR said, would be a good signing to replace Shaka, but Basuma is a must. Yep. Yo-Yo says, Fulham, Sheffield, Sunderland signings. I don't want any more excuses made for this man, <laughs> the manager. Uh, Southampton, not Sunderland. <laughs> yeah. Barry says, if Burge come, comes, does that mean Arteta has his heart set on still getting Odegaard? I mean... That may be, but I just think this whole like besties have to be at the same club thing is just a little bit like pre-primer for me. It's just a little bit preschool for me. I'm just like, whatever, you know. Um, but yeah, I, I think it has to be separate. You have to actually like Sandberg. It can't just be, well, because, you know, if we bring in Odegaard, it would make it easier for us to get Sandberg when ideally, if we were to get Odegaard, I'd still want Basuma instead of him, if that makes sense. AK Gunner says one of two midfielders we need to buy has to be high chance creator and goal scorer. So it's Basuma or Sanderberg, not both. That's a very, very good point. Ryan Robles says profile alone is a good move. It's a good move. Even if it doesn't work out, it's good to know Arsenal are tag targeting players of that profile. If you're talking about uh, Sanderberg, what I do like about it is that it's, it's not really a super risky move because if it doesn't work in two years, we could sell him. Um, which is better than bringing in players in their prime. And then, you know, you can't get rid of them. That's a really good point. Zach says, Hey flower. Hey, <laughs> me and the missus love your content. Keep it up. Always appreciate it. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Um, Floss next says only as an addition, not needed runner in the midfield, but I'm not completely against it. Yep. Let's see. Yo-Yo says, Arsenal don't have the money to get Basuma, Grealish, and a right, a right back and a center back. Paper talk. Exactly. So let's move on to my results for the keeper cell drill. So that was a game that me and some of the guys played, and I thought it, it turned out really, really good. If, again, if you haven't watched it, go back and watch it. It was really, really good. They had such good insight on – different players and and why we should keep them, why we should loan them out. It was a very well thought out version of a keeper cell. And I really like that we had rules involved and all that. So we made it a little bit more realistic and I didn't get to share my results. So I'm going to share them with you right now. All right. So going back to kind of the, the game that we were playing, these are the players that were potentially staying. Right. And we, we made the caveat that, um, you know, Bern Leno, which I think now we can kind of say is prob probably will stay. And then um, Matty Ryan, we're just assuming that the club does the right thing and brings him in. But he is one of my incomings anyway. And then you have Renarsson. We'll talk about him in a little bit. But um, Aubameyang, Martinelli, Saka, Millsmith-Rowe, Thomas, Elneny, Tierney, Cedric, Marie, Gabrielle, Saliba, and Chambers. Those are players that are either important to the rebuild or have not been linked with serious moves away, right? So um, these are the players that I decided to keep. Again, the rules were that you have to keep five, loan three, and sell seven. So these are the players that I chose to keep. 
Now, before you guys batter me, <laughs> I have a reason for keeping Lacazette. I do. I know we'd have to extend him. I know that ideally we'd need to get rid, but I have a good reason or in my mind, a good reason why I want to keep Lacazette. Nicola Pepe, even if a $40 million offer came in for him, I think we need to keep him for versatility. He scores goals, and I think he could be used a lot better than the way that Arteta is using him at the moment. Willick is here as well. I kept him for homegrown numbers as well as the fact that I think we could still sell him in the future. And because I don't believe that the, the club is going to be able to bring in uh, multiple midfielders, I think he'd be a good player to keep around just for the moment. Uh, this, I know it's probably a really good time to, to go ahead and move him on, but I just think that he could use him a little bit better and he has some qualities that we don't necessarily have in the squad. And I'm all about versatility, having different profiles of players and having flexibility in the way that we play in terms of our formations and our tactics. Also kept Granite Jaka. Everybody kept Granite Jaka. Um, I actually had him as a sell, but I switched it up a little bit because I think the balance of my squad is going to be really good keeping him for another year or so. And uh, Rob Holding I kept because we're not going to be getting a right-sided center back. So you guys can go ahead and tell me that I'm crazy, but I have good reason. My squad is very balanced, and when you guys see the, the starting lineup, you guys will be like, wow, we're winning the league, so just give me a minute. All right, so these are the players that I want to loan. Because I'm keeping Lacazette, I'm mostly keeping him for the, for the fact that we can extend him and sell him later, but I want to be able to loan Balogun. And the reason why is because the striker choices that are out there in the market right now don't fill me with a lot of excitement. I don't really think I want to rush out and get another striker because I want to give Balogun an opportunity to become the number nine once Aubameyang is gone. So the only way that we can know if he's going to be good enough is if he goes out on a loan and plays first team football. If he stays and he plays behind Martinelli and Aubameyang, I think that he, if we don't have Europe, he won't get enough minutes. And so for me, I would loan Balogun out, keep Lacazette for a year, then let Lacazette go and bring Balogun in next season to play under Aubameyang. Aubameyang stays for another year, leaves the year after, and then Balogun and Martinelli are there. Nelson, I think everybody else sold him. I'm keeping him and I'm giving him a loan because I just feel like I know he's made mistakes, but he's a player that has a lot of potential. And I think he needs to go out on loan and get kind of like the same boost that, that Willick got. So we can see what type of player that he is and also try to drive up his value because 10 million for me is not enough for me to sell Reese Nelson at the moment. So uh, I don't think it would hurt to give him a loan, see what happens. Maybe he could come back into the squad or we could drive up his value and maybe get 20 million for him. You never know. Mavrapanos, I think we all kind of, you know, we wouldn't keep him in the squad, but we'd loan him out again to Stuttgart. And then after that, they need to go ahead and buy him. Those are the players that I decided to loan. So now let's get to the players. Actually, let's get to your comments. I want to see if you guys are bashing me yet. <laughs> let's see. All right, what are you guys saying? Don Giovanni says, we have Saliba Chambers and Mavropanos for right-sided center back. Yo-Yo said, Nelson's value is on the floor. I mean, literally, he's 10 million to me. I think we could just give him another, uh, give him a loan and see what happens after that. We can still sell him after, but let's drive up his value a little bit. I think there's other players that we can sell for actual like fees so that we can use it for transfers. Nelson, let's just give him another chance. You know, let's give him a, a chance to, to go out. Varun says, uh, Darwin Nunez would be my shout to replace Laka. To be honest, when I saw him play for Benfica against us, I thought he was poor. He's just not somebody that I would um, want to bring in. And again, I'm just saying from my perspective, the strikers that are out there in the market are either ones that we're not going to be able to get and I think I want to give Balogun an opportunity to see if he can be that number nine because I think he's that talented. Giovanni says, if we just gave Nelson game time this season instead of Willian, we could have gotten 20 million. That's true. But let's course correct now, give him the loan and see what happens from there. Dublin Gunnar says, I get the homegrown argument for Willick, but I just don't think he'll ever be worth more than he is right now. So it's a sell for me. I understand 100%. You know, I may be making a mistake here. But 
when I look at the balance of the squad that I put together, I think it works. And you can always sell Willick next season. AK Gunner says spot on on Nelson on loan just to increase his value. But I do not think he will make it at Arsenal. And if he doesn't, you know, if you give Reese Nelson the same the same amount of time that you gave Willick for for a loan. Let's see what let's see what happens. Let's just see what happens. But again, some of these are just from the simple fact that I know that we're going to we're going to be in enough competitions where we're going to need to rotate after the African Cup of Nations is coming around. So we need to make sure that we have depth in midfield and um, midfield to me has been an area of weakness. And I'd like to see us kind of shift the balance of the squad, get more midfielders in, kind of spread everything out. So I've kept Willick and I've kept Jacka for those reasons. All right. So let's get to the fun part. All right. So the first player that obviously I'm going to be bringing in is Yves Basuma. We don't have to go into great depth about this, but I just think from – it just makes sense to me. So I'd be bringing him in. He'd be my first signing. And um, for $40 million, I think that that's a good price for somebody of his quality. Um, there's not much more that I really need to say. You guys knew I was going to put him in there. So um, perfect midfield partner for Thomas Party can play with or without him, could be box-to-box or CDM. So this is the guy that I'm bringing in for, for my midfield uh, position. And again, just back to kind of like what our rules were is that we wanted to bring in a center midfielder, a creative midfielder, a right back, a left back cover, and an attacker slash striker. And I kind of manipulated the rules a little bit so I could get what I wanted. Um, you guys will see why, because my team is 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 popping, you guys. My, my team is, is really, really good. All right. So we said that we wanted to bring in an attacker and a creative midfielder. So my attacker, let's yeah, let's go to my attacker. Actually, yeah, my attacker is going to be Eze from um, Crystal Palace. Now you're probably saying, isn't he going to be the creative midfielder? He's not um, because I think he's similar to Emil Smith Rowe. And again, one of my biggest, my biggest things is I want to have flexibility in I want my players to have be able to play multiple positions, um, different parts of the field, and be able to offer certain things so that we can play in different formations and different ways and different tactics. I think Eze really fits that. A lot of people are really high on him. This should say 30 million, not just 30, obviously. But Eze is the type of player that can play similarly in my eyes to Emil Smith Rowe. I think he can be converted into somebody that could play as one of the three, he can play a 10 role. He can play off of the wings and he offers you a lot. So for me, this is a player that I think at 22 years old is somebody that we should bring in or we could bring in. I think he was brought in. Let me see. Let me make sure. Um, I think we would have to offer them 30, 35 million, something like that. 30 million to get that deal done because they brought him in for 19. So if we offer them like 30, 35, we might be able to get it done if he wanted to go. But this is a player that I think would fit in perfectly with the group that we already kind of have. And um, he's going to be the the attacker that I bring in. Um, he's creative. He's flexible. He can do multiple things, you know. So let me let me know what you guys are thinking about about Eze in the chat. Let's see. Dev says, Eze is a good show. Barry says, imagine Eze was on our books as a kid. Exactly. That's a really good point. Um, but I think maybe sometimes you can't see the talent until a little bit later. So I wouldn't like hold that against our academy for not being able to identify him as somebody that could maybe play for our first team. But I think regardless of that, I think the kid is perfect to kind of fit in with that group of Emil Smith-Rowe, Pepe, Saka, you know, that group and um, play all together in those uh, positions right behind the striker. Eze will be, will be run into the ground like ESR Saka. Arteta is a defensive manager. Um, let's see. Brian says Eze fits the profile, makes tons of sense for me. 
Uh, Leon says, I don't think we need Eze. He's 23 next month and only has four goals this season. We have better wingers, in my opinion. Well, my thing is I'm not I'm not taking away any wingers. I'm adding somebody with different qualities that we don't already have. He's good on set pieces. And I think he would just, when you guys see my lineups, you guys will you'll understand a little bit more. But if you look at the way Man City plays, they have probably a bunch of players that you would look at. And if you had bought one, you'd probably think you don't need the other. But you need different players that can give you autonomy, but as well as something different. And I think he does that. He can play deep in the midfield. He can play off of the left as a winger or more like a creative attacking forward or through the center. So for me, that's the player that that I would want to bring in. And you guys, I sold. So just to go back a little bit, I sold the players that I sold. I only made 90 million off of that. So that plus what I'm going to assume that I'm going to get from KSC is 40 million. So I have 130 to spend. So keep that in mind. So I'm not getting Grealish. (laughs) All right. So I don't have that type. I don't have that type of cash. So the next player that I'm going to bring in. So I told you that I kind of fudged the rules a little bit. I said I was going to bring in an attacker and I was also going to bring in a creative midfielder. So my creative midfielder who's don't kill me. I know he's not a 10, but he adds a little bit of more creativity and ball progression through the midfield. I'm bringing in a wall at 30 million. I think the guy would give us again, something different in those deeper positions in midfield. He also is somebody that can play off of the left in a more progressive position. I've seen him play left wing left midfield too. And I just think he would give us something else different. If you have Basuma and you have Thomas party, then you can rotate Awar with them. And if you keep Jaka, you can rotate Jaka in those positions as well. So you have a good rotation of players that offer something different. And for me, this is a player that I'll bring in at 30 million. That's a steal. I know he's had a pretty crap season with, um, with Leon, but the guy he's, he's good. He's, he's mustard. I think he would be fine. He's 23 years old or something like that. Again, a good age. Um, there are some questions about his his attitude maybe, but um, besides that, I like the guy. So he's going to be my creative midfielder that I'm bringing in. I know he's not a 10, but he helps you progress the ball. He can create chances. We've seen that when he played in the Champions League. And again, he's a player that can play in multiple positions, and that is my requirement. Multiple positions can give you different dynamics in different situations, plug and play. I love it. So you guys let me know what you think what you guys think about Awa. We're just going to keep this ball rolling. So the next player that I'm going to bring in is my is going to be my right back. My right back is Max Aaron's. I don't think we can find a better option unless you're looking in like the Bundesliga maybe for some more obscure options. Max Aaron's for me um is good for homegrown quota. Uh, plays hard. I think he has that grit and fire that we don't really have in our team. And uh, he gives you the tyranny effect on the right-hand side. So for me, I think this is just Max Aaron's for $25 million. I don't think you can do much better. I know earlier some people were saying Lamptey. His, his uh, injury gives me a little bit of pause on him. And um, Emerson Royale is probably going to go to Villarreal. So I think this is a good option. So you guys let me know what you think about Max Aaron's. All right, let's see what you guys are saying. <laughs> um, Dubois at Lyon. I have seen him play. I think he's he's pretty good as well. Um, but we've never even been linked with him, have we? Um, Burge is better than Basuma. Hey, if if that's your your thoughts, then hey. Uh, Olivier says, I agree with Awar. GK says, this is why elite clubs get all the best players and dominate. Yoya says, Awar would speak the France's phone players in the squad with, with the France. Whoa. And stay clear of Arteta's nonsense. Okay. Um, Gogo says, 130 mil is not so big. I tried to keep it as realistic as possible, you guys. When I sold the players that I sold, I only made 90 million. And I don't think KSC, I don't think we can plan on them giving us 100 million. I think 40 million is realistic. So 130 that you can get the job done. I'm going to get the job done, but I'm not going to be able to buy any really huge players. You know, I'm trying to be as smart as possible with the money that I have. So now that being said, 
Ryan Bertrand is going to be my right back. I know Boomy, you guys, you guys can put thumbs down in the, in the comments. I know lazy, lazy recruitment, but because I already ran out of like a lot of my money <laughs> trying to bring in my more offensive players, I'm, this is the guy I'm going to go for. I think you can make arguments for why this is a bad deal and why it's a good deal. But I think um, left back cover helps with the homegrown quota has played in the Premier League. Hopefully he just doesn't end up like Willian. And that's just what I'm going to hope for, for the future. Cause I think this guy is going to be at Arsenal. And last but not least, our backup goalkeeper is going to be Maddie Ryan. I think this would be really, really smart for Arsenal to go ahead and, and get done. He won't be free. I think he'll be about 5 million from Brighton. And I think that's good for a backup goalkeeper that we trust and wants to be at the club and knows his role. So um, yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. So you guys can let me know what you think about that. So with all the transfers that I brought in, that's what it's looking like. 130 million based on the prices that I think what it would take for us to get those players. We were able to bring in um, Eze, Max Aarons, Awa, Bertrand, Maddie Ryan, and Basuma. So those would be my transfers in. I think even though I fudged the rules a little bit, when you guys see the lineups that I put together, my mock lineups, I think you'll understand why I did it this way um, instead of getting like a striker. And remember, Balligan will be out on loan, so he'll be getting like really good experience. And um, that works for me. And maybe he comes in next season. Let's see. Don Giovanni said, Bertrand will not be free at all. Given Adu and Arteta's history, he'll be on a high salary with exorbitant agent and signing on fees, and he will decline in value from day one. Look, it's it's not a it's not innovative or anything like that. Maybe they have learned from the past. We just have to hope so, but I just think he's gonna end up at the club anyway, you know. So Boo. I know I'm going to get booed. I knew I was going to get booed. I, I get it. You guys, it's not innovative or anything like that. But when we come back on Monday and the guys come back on, Harry will be back, back on George will be back on and Kelly. And I'm sure they'll have better options for that, that left back cover position than I do. So um, maybe they can give me some better, more um, interesting options there. Brian says Bertrand sounds like a good move. If it isn't on high wages, if it's a short deal, if we make a bunch of other better moves, when you have to rationalize a decision based on other factors, it's trouble in my opinion. All right. So now here we go. So based on who I was able to bring in, this is one of the um, two of the lineups that I've been able to put together. So this is if we wanted to play a four, three, three, this is if we wanted to play a four, two, three, one. So in the 4-3-3, we'd have Leno, Aaron, Saliba, Gabrielle, and Tierney. This can obviously be holding. It is what it is. And then in your midfield, you would have Awa, you'd have Basuma, and you'd have Thomas Party. I think that's a really, really good, solid midfield three. And then we could play with Kyle Saka, Smith Rowe, and Aubameyang. Now, if you wanted to play a 4-2-3-1, same back line. You could play Thomas and Basuma in the double pivot. You could play Eze in front of them with Martinelli or Pepe, Saka or Emil Smith-Rowe, whatever you chose, and Lacazette. So we have options. And that's something that's really important to me, especially when people get injured with it's not like they're going to it's not like they're going to have this long preseason and everything is going to be okay. There's going to be tournaments interu interrupting our, our our season. So for me, I think we need to keep as many of our best play. Like we have to keep the balance right and make sure that when these situations happen, we won't be like without Thomas, everything falls apart. So let me know what you guys think about those two um, options for for lineups. No, no Fabian Ruiz or Ben Acer. Um, Not a bad summer if it happens. Yeah, you guys, let me know what you guys think of those. So, and then I came up with two more. So let's say during AFCON, we lose El Neni, Basuma, Abamiang, and Thomas Party. 
you would still be able to put out your pretty much your same back line. You could put Jaka here with Awa, and you could put Willick because I kept Willick. <laughs> and then you could play Smith Rowe, Saka, Lacazette. You still have options. And if you wanted to move to a 3 4 3, you could play Leno, Holding, Saliba, and Gabrielle. You could take Thomas Party out, put a wall with Basuma, Aaron's and Tierney in the wing back positions, Saka, Eze, Lacazette. So you have a lot of different options. And I think that leaves us in a position where we're not vulnerable to not having enough options when people are missing. You know, that would take away some of the the Ceballos type scenarios that we have or, you know, things like that. So what do you guys think? <laughs> That's a fifth place team. Which one is a fifth place team? You think it's fifth place? Really? You guys saying they're decent. Um, you guys, come on, give me a little bit more credit than that. This, these lineups are not, these are good. These are not, okay. They're probably fifth place, but like realistically with 130 million, which is more likely, let's just remember you guys, I tried to keep it as realistic as possible. We're not going to be able to sell like 12 players. If we sold seven and we kept five of what we have, these, this is kind of realistic to me that we would bring in five players. We wouldn't be able to bring in like a Grealish or somebody like that. I'm just trying to keep it real. You know? So if this takes us from ninth, 10th place up to fifth, I'd take that. I'd take that. I would. I would take that. Let's see. <laughs> we are Arsenal fans. We have been crushed from optimism. Rodeo Boy says, well, fifth is better than ninth, so I'll take it. Um, G GK says, I rate Awa, but he's not at that level. Um Richard says, quite good, Jess, except for Laka. Look, I kept Laka because I just want to loan uh, Balogun out. I mean, you could sell Lacazette and bring keep Balogun, and then that would give you some more money. But just for me, I would just keep him because I don't like the, the striker options that are out there. I don't think if you have 35 extra dollars or 35 million or 25 million from Lacazette that you're getting – uh, the type of striker that would get you guys out of your seat. You know, that's just, that's just how I kind of think about it. But um, also you guys, I just wanted to show you guys this as well, is that I made my homegrown quota as well with this. So if we take out Renarsen and we put a Kwanku in there, I know I probably spelled his name wrong, but Aaron's Bertrand as a Willick Smith Rowe holding chambers in a Kwanku, I make my homegrown quota, which is something that I don't think a lot of fans take into consideration. We need to make sure we make it. You know, it's going to be more and more difficult to recruit players from Europe. We're going to need to make sure that we have that homegrown quota up there. And so that's pretty much, you know, as good as I could personally do. I know some of you guys are like, that's only going to get you fifth place. But hey, fifth place, that's better than what we've been. <laughs> that's better than what we've been. Um, let's see. Flossnick said, I take this now over what Adu will do. I mean, hey, Adu probably won't do this. And you know, uh, I think it's easier said than done. You know, there's so many different scenarios that could happen. If Jaka wanted to leave, that would change things. If Lacazette doesn't want extension, that could change things. But for me, that's the type of, of team that I would be excited to see. It may not be, it's not the finest, it's not the the final destination. We're not going to be able to get everything done in one season or in, in, one, in one summer window. But if we were able to improve ourselves that much, I would be ecstatic by that. I really, really would. Dublin Gunner says, even an AFCON lineup, you covered all the bases. Exactly. That scares me. It scares me, you guys, to be sitting in a place where we don't have Thomas. And if we were bringing Basuma, you know, then what? You know, what happens then? What happens then? You know, uh, Al Neni, he's, he'll be gone as well. Let's see. All right, you guys, you want to do some Q&A? Go ahead and get your, your questions out there. <laughs> you guys are battering me for uh, bringing Lacazette or keeping Lacazette. Yeah, maybe if I look back on it, I wouldn't keep him, but hey. GK says, Fabian Ruiz is a different level from Basuma Party, whoever, Zanderberg. I like Fabian Ruiz. I really, really do. But I think he might be one of those players that do you think that he would, unless he played for like Pep, I'm not quite sure that his 
he would his quality would transfer over to the Premier League. I think he's been really good for Napoli. I feel like he's the type of player that would do well at like Barcelona, Real Madrid, or a team like that. I'm just not sure if if he's somebody that I would bring into the Premier League. That's just me, though. Dublin Gunner says, if we kept Odegaard, would you swap him for Awa or Eze? I mean, if we kept Odegaard, then yeah, I would have to get rid of one of them. But I think you need somebody like Awa to be over. Uh, to be honest, um, I think we need something else in those like uh, eight positions that can play a little bit deeper and progress the ball, also create. So I would think I would get rid of Eze because Smith Rowe can do something similar. But I personally, at this point, I'm not keeping Odegaard, and I'm not convinced that we'd even be able to get him. Brian Robles asks, what do you think of Party, Basuma, and Zakaria midfield? I think it would work well to counter-press and retain possession. Then we'd play ESR and Sack on the wings, or is it too redundant? I think that would be just a little bit too redundant. I think you need a, something different in there um, to break up that a party Basuma Zakaria. That's a, it's not defensive, but it's, uh, it's kind of like a destroyer type. It's a busy one. I wouldn't be surprised if somebody like Liverpool did something like that because a lot of their midfielders are like workhorses. Not quite sure if that would work for us. So I think, you need somebody else in there. And that's where I'd add somebody like an Eze or an Awa to break that up a little bit. But um, I like all three players, just not all together. Yoya says, do you think any of the players linked with the club have the ability to switch play like Xhaka or Louise? Um, that Anderson does, Joaquin Anderson. I mean, he... His all of his highlights are of him kicking the ball from one side of the field to the other from the right from the right hand side. So I do think that he would have that, um, which is something that Arteta likes. He mentioned that about Virgil Van Dyke having that um, that that switch that switch of play is something that's really dangerous and can put you in a good position. So Joaquin Anderson definitely does have that. Um, other than that, no, um, I don't really see it. You know, but um, that's a good point. Do you guys know of any other players that have that, that have that big switch? Um, Joaquin Anderson is the only person I know that does it on a regular basis. The only reason why I didn't pick Buendia AK is because I couldn't afford him. Um, I wanted to make sure that I can get multiple types of players. And the thing about Buendia for me is that I think he displaces um, Saka. And I think we have Saka and Pepe that both play on the right-hand side. So for me, I chose I chose to bring in Eze and Awa so that I could get kind of like more than to so get some more options. But Bodia, you could put him in there too. But like, what is Norwich going to ask for 45 million? You know, um, but Bodia is a good player. I would take him. I'm just not sure that you could actually play him in the 10 role or as a progressive eight. I think he can only play off of the right-hand side. Heisey says it's completely inexcusable to get fifth, no matter our sto state. We fired our greatest ever manager for that. But that said, do you have faith in our have faith Arteta will do it next season? I have to see the transfers first. I mean, from what I've seen so far, no. You know, if I see d some transfers come in, maybe. You know, everything is like it's so inconclusive at the moment. Um, fifth place is inexcusable for Arsenal based on our history, but based on where we are right now, there's a, there's a difference between Arsenal in reality and Arsenal based on our history. Arsenal historically, if you think about what we've achieved in our elite status, we should never be fifth. We should always be challenging for titles. But right now we're, we're mid-table-ish type of team. You know, on a good day, we look like a sixth place team. On a bad day, we could look like anywhere, like 12th. So based on where we are now, since we can't get out of eighth place, eighth, ninth place, if next season we were in fifth, that would be that would be progress, but not good enough based on our history, if that makes sense. Do I have faith that Arteta can do it? No. Um, right now, even though I hope that Arteta can do better, if you ask me where I what I think will happen is I think he'll get sacked. Um, I just haven't seen enough from him, but um, yeah, that's kind of where I stand right now. I need to see the transfers. He'd need his preseason. And then if we start off bad, then he'll be out. 
Barry says, were you worried about Arteta's comments over Saliba today? Not exactly the most committed sounding quotes. I mean, he never sounds committed about young players. He always sounds really committed over the older ones. I mean, they asked him about Willian and, and he said, anybody who has a contract will be here, blah, 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 blah. But then when they asked him about Saliba, he was very, I got to see him first and then we'll make a decision and wah, wah, wah. I think he's, he's going to wait and to see if we have enough money to buy a right set of center back. I said that earlier that I don't think he's completely bought into Saliba. And uh, that's unfortunate because the guy's really good. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll just have to see. We'll have to see. Um, but it didn't, it didn't sound committed. I agree with you. Let's see. Uh, Yo-Yo says... Does it sadden you to think that a lot of the players who've been rumored, reported to depart, likely won't leave as Arsenal fans? A lot of the players who've been rumored or reported to depart. So like Xhaka, um, maybe like a Lacazette, David Louise, they'll leave and they're not actually Arsenal fans. Does it sadden me? No, to be honest. So my my thing is that I just think they don't feel like Arsenal players to me. So I have no connection to them whatsoever. So if they left and I never heard about them or from them ever again, I wouldn't care because it, this, um, this era of players are not Arsenal players to me. Mustafi, Kolasinic, Socrates, Licksteiner, um, Aubameyang, Lacazette. I mean, all of them, Xhaka, that whole group that came, that's kind of come in in the last five years for me, David Louise, are not Arsenal players to me. So if they left and they weren't Arsenal fans, I wouldn't care. You know, it's not like the years where we had players that even if they were only here for three years, they were still like Arsenal fans and they were like cult heroes like Podolsky. They're not even that. They're just their time at Arsenal has been about getting an astronomical wage for basically achieving nothing and being ready to go as soon as the shit hits the fan. You know, so for me, I don't care, you know, if there are Arsenal fans when they leave because they're not Arsenal players to me anyway. Does that make sense? Um, I just don't rate this group. And I felt more disconnected from this group than I've ever felt from a group of Arsenal players. Like when Monreal left and, and Sonia left, like there were some players in there that even though they may not have been the best, they Kashoni, they were like Arsenal players because you could tell that they were giving 110%, even if their, their level wasn't high enough. These guys to me have just been kind of like taking the mick for, for years now. So for me, no. Um. Aslan says, I'm sorry, Jess, but I'd hire and fire you from director of football role on the same day after suggesting to keep Chambers and Holding. I mean, you keep Chambers and Holding because you guys keep forgetting about the homegrown rules, the homegrown quota. You have to meet it. So it's not about keeping them because they're super good. It's that we're not going to be able to get rid of half of our squad. I think the idea that we're going to be able to, to get rid of 15 players is so unrealistic. So for me, completely deadwood players for me are players that don't want to be at Arsenal, don't have a future at Arsenal and have some sort of sell on value. And we're only going to be able to sell a couple of those, you know, chambers and holding have value because they're homegrown. So they would be the next ones on my list to move on, but I'm not keeping them over players that are, that are better than them. I'm keeping them because we need to keep our homegrown quota. And I sold the players that I sold were just based on, I don't think they have a future. I couldn't see them in rotation. They're not homegrown. Um, you know, I just have to do what I got to do, but yeah, you can sack me. <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> AK Gunner says, um, Adu needs to instruct Arteta about value destruction, our assets of Saliba, Guiduzzi and uh, Pepe need to be used. We talked about that the other day. Asset destruction and value destruction is something that I don't think Arteta looks at. I don't think he has grasped it because it's like I treat all of these players the same way. And um, it's it's something that really bothers me because it's like Guendouzi at one point was worth like almost 50 million. 
now we we're going to be selling him for like 15 and we bought him for eight and anything that you make over what you bought him for is fine. But like at the same time, it's like, you know, we could have made a lot more um, if we hadn't like completely shut him out. So yeah, I agree with that. Uh, GK says 90% of these players are crap. Yeah. They're not good enough. Um, Aaron says only Academy players really care. That's very true. You know, it wasn't until, it wasn't until Saka came through and Emil Smith Rowe came through Martinelli came that I started to feel more connected to the players and started caring Kieran Tierney. So there is a handful of players that I actually care about. But before that, it was like, these are not Arsenal players. They're just not, they don't, they don't wear, they put on that Jersey and they're just like, whatever, this could be the, the Armani shirt that I just took off a couple of minutes ago. This is an Arsenal kit. Like this is the Arsenal badge. Like you play, like you don't care. And I know you're not supposed to read into body language, but I've seen many of these players just kind of do one of those. And once you do that a couple of times, I'm just like done with it all, to be honest. GK says, the elite have a different IQ. True. Barry says, wow, Brighton are beating City 3-2 after trailing 2-0. City have been have had a player sent off. So they had um, Cancelo sent off. And then so now Brighton is winning. How's Basuma playing, you guys? Let me know. <laughs> Yo-Yo says, interesting answers. Are you still connected to Arteta? And what would make you feel differently? Look, so if you want to talk about disconnection from, from Arsenal and Arsenal players... Arteta was a player that I never liked. I was upset when we brought him in because I just felt like this guy, he's an Everton like legend, but he's not good enough for us. I, I didn't think he was ever good enough. I thought he was slow. He reminded me of Jaka, but he had two, he has two feet, you know? Um, so in, in, in regards to being connected to Arteta, no, not really. I, I don't think I'll ever be connected to a manager the way I was about Arson. You know, those days are over. Um, I think at this point, you become more connected with managers that are doing better. You know, I think there was like an instant connection from Chelsea fans with Tuchel because he went, he started winning right away. With Arteta, it's a little bit more difficult because he fed us a lot of, of lip service and then he's not really delivering on that. So until he starts delivering on that philosophy that he talked about when he first came to Arsenal, he talked about his philosophy and the way he wanted to play. And we start to hit some of those benchmarks that he talked about. You know, we start to be more competitive. We score more goals. We're more threatening. Then maybe I'd feel a little bit more connected to him, but it'll be nothing like the way that we were connected to Arson. Nothing. And even towards the end of Arson, I was started disconnecting from him because I wanted to win. And I saw that he was blocking us from being able to reach our potential. If I didn't know at the at the time that him leaving would essentially just detach the glue from, from everything and it would fall apart. But if we had brought in a better manager and we started winning right away, then, then it would have been better, you know, but I haven't been connected to a manager since Arson, And I don't think I ever will. I will like them if we win. That's pretty much what it, it's coming down to for me. Win more. Uh, Brian says, uh, what players does Arteta need to make it work with next season, no matter what? Saliba, Pepe, I think he has to give him a real chance. He needs to start working on Martinelli. That's why I'm saying um, he's not going to be able to work on Martinelli and Balogun at the same time because we'll need somebody in there that can just kind of score goals and has experience. And um, I think if you buy a striker, you instantly block their path. So I'm saying... You need to work on Martinelli in the background and let Balogun go on loan. You need to make Saliba work because if you don't get a right-sided center back, that's not an excuse to continue to play holding. And Pepe, Pepe, 100%. Um, and he needs to also not overuse Bakayo Saka. He's becoming, he is on track with having some of the same numbers and, and minutes in his leg as Bellerin. One injury to players like that could end their whole career. So those are the players that I think he needs to make it work with and players that he needs to maybe use in a different way. Um, Barry Byrne says, Chelsea had two more goals disallowed versus Leicester tonight. Oof. Um, 
GK says we don't want the best players and it shows. I mean, I think your, your definition of the best players differs from maybe mine because for me, I'm thinking more of player profile. I think you're only as strong as the system that you play and the amount of players that you have in that system that can perform at a high level on a consistent basis. So you can have the best players based on how much they cost and how shiny and new and exotic they are. But if they don't fit in the system and they can't perform at a high level in that system consistently, it doesn't matter. So I'm just thinking of players that we can afford, we can attract, and that would fit in our system and give us some flexibility. If I if I felt like we could get Grealish, yeah, for sure. That's the player that I would want. If I felt like we could get Lewandowski, of course, that's what I would go, go for. But realistically, that's just not what I think about. And I think the players that I, that I selected and the team that I put together is much better than what we have now. Um, and I also only spent 130 million and I got rid of a lot of the players that were more dead wood. So I think it was, I think it was fine. You know, I think it was fine. Yeah. I'm happy that um, bad things are happening to Chelsea. Their fans are, are unbearable. They really, really are. I mean, some of them are like super nice, but like others of them are just like, no, let me just check the, check the score. Since you guys are talking about it, we'll get out of here in a second. Um, tomorrow instant reaction after the crystal palace game, of course. And um, that'll be pretty much it for, for, for tomorrow, unless I decide to do something before. I'm not sure. I may do something random right before. Let's see. AK Gunner said, how did you end up watching football? Did you used to play? Why do you support Arsenal? Yeah, so I did used to play. Um, let me see. I might be able to pull up the picture and show you guys. You guys won't believe that it's me. Let me pull out my phone real quick. I'm not sure if you guys were able to see it. And maybe I'll post it up too. It's kind of embarrassing though. I don't know if you guys would want to see it. You guys probably will because it's embarrassing. Let me find it. Okay. You guys can, can you kind of see that you guys? I know you guys can barely see that. You see that? That's me doing a corner. Can you see that? That's me. So yes, I did used to play. Um, that's how I started. Like That's how I got into it. Um, I played from like six all the way through college and um, or university. And um, I started supporting Arsenal because I actually loved to watch. A lot of the girls that I played with didn't actually watch, but I actually loved it. And I started to um, follow the MLS and the U.S. women. And then in America, they started to show some of the bigger teams in the Premier League. At that time, it was Manchester United and Arsenal. And um, I fell in love with Arsenal because all they, they, there were so many black players that were amazing. And for me, always being like the only black kid in my class, black kid in my, on my team, that was really influential for me. So for me, that's, that's how I started to support Arsenal. And I never, never looked back. Um, <laughs> I could play right back for you. Yes, I could not left because I'm, I'm right footed, but I could take a mean corner. And um, I was also a pretty good defensive center midfielder. Yes, I was right-footed, or I am right-footed. So, yeah, um, if I can ever find my college um, recruitment video, I will show it to you guys. Um, when I was when I was younger, Yo-Yo was asking what, what position I played. When I was younger, I played forward. And um, as I got older, they moved me into the midfield. Um, I played, like, a defensive center midfielder. I was um, an attacking midfielder. And then when I got into college, I played like right back, you know, so um, I would either play in the midfield or right back. So those are the positions that I played. Exactly. Yes. Better corners than Willie. And I, my, my corners uh, got past the, the first man. They did. All right, you guys. So I'll see you guys tomorrow after the crystal palace game, unless something, unless something changes. Um, immediately following the game. So they always happen like right after the game. And um, unless something changes, I decide to do something before then. If you're subscribed to the channel, you will know because you'll get a notification. Dink. So uh, make sure you like the video and subscribe to the channel before you leave. And um, don't forget to leave me a comment. If you if I didn't get to yours, just put it in the comment section um, and I'll and I'll answer it for you guys. Um, thank you so much for being here. Just finish watching the footy. I'll be on Twitter, probably hopefully laughing at Chelsea and I'll talk to you guys soon.
Bye, guys. <laughs>